you don't realize in your business, you get into these these uh, sort of cycles of you think this is how our business works and you see how you make money and you see how you spend money and you don't get outside of that lane very often. But when you're forced to and you have a plan in place that challenges you to focus on revenue generation, all of a sudden these new ways to generate revenue within inside your own business are just sitting there. Yep. And so it's been a tremendous help for us, especially through as things change. But that's why we did it in the first place. We knew things are not going to be rosy or perfect forever. And the key is, is if you set a process or a plan up like core, when things are good, it really pays off when things are not so good. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris Powers, and I want to thank you for joining me on the Fort Podcast today. This show is an open-ended discussion and journey covering real estate, business, entrepreneurship, and investing. I would love to hear from you by tweeting me at Fort Worth Chris on Twitter. Hey guys, it's Chris. Thank you for joining me again on The Fort. Uh, Today, I'm sitting down with my partner, Jason, and we're gonna talk about uh, something that we do at our company called Core. Uh, We had mentioned it at the 2019 recap episode that we did, and we received a lot of feedback from people wanting to know more about it. It's a really big part of our company and something that we wanted to dive a little deeper into. So we're going to talk about CORE, and thank you again for joining. So what is CORE? It's an acronym that stands for Cost Reduction, Overhead Management, and Revenue Generation. And I'll pass it off to Jason of like, how we brought core into our business, what it means, and why it's made us more successful. Sure. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, core comes from, you know, normal everyday operations of a business in terms of those things are standard in any business, cost reduction, overhead management, revenue generation. But what we really have to do is find a way to make it part of the culture so that people are focused on it in the right way so that can add value to the business. And it's not just in the background, knowing that that's how we operate our business. We need everybody participating in those things. And so when we started to look at this for Fort Capital, we we wanted to do it in a way that felt natural and became a part of our culture and, and got everyone bought in. And so one of the challenges is is making it something that everybody accepts and understands the importance in it. So even the simple fact of creating an acronym around it and making it a part of everything we talk about in the company, the marketing materials that we put out through the company. Um, and so the team sees it often. We talk about it often. So that that first step of making it just part of our discussion every day so that they start to understand what it is and why would we want to do it and why are they participating in it, right? Because a lot of times people might have an individual individual job that they don't really understand how they can control costs as an individual or um, how they might be able to help generate revenue uh, or, or manage overhead. They don't really think of it in those terms. So what we wanted to do is spread that language and get it open dialogue between the entire team so that they could start to see things in a different way. And so just talking about it often and getting it established is step number one. And, and as silly as it sounds to create an acronym, those things make it memorable. It sticks in their mind. And and because you can put a, a little term behind it like core, it becomes the core of the business. And, and different companies can establish different acronyms that mean something to them. But at the end of the day, we're, we're all trying to do the same thing of, of build really great businesses, make revenue, hopefully control our cost as we do it so that we make more revenue than we spend. And along the way, we're dealing with people and, and the overhead factor of any business can be a huge Im- implication. And so managing that overhead is important. And so you add all those things together and 
And whatever acronym you, that a company comes up with, it just needs to be sticky for that business. So that was the first thing is just talk about it a lot. And then, you know, as you start to roll out core in a, in a real meaningful way, you've got to find ways that the company can see an impact immediately. And, and this is like uh, in our business, real estate, we often want to get a win. Um, and that's not just for us, it's for our team, for the acquisition guys, they need a win. And it's no different with core is we had to find wins early. And so we had identified things that we knew we could cut costs and we knew that we could generate more revenue. We took advantage of those things early on by allowing the team to participate and showing them ways to save money and make money um, and giving those uh, rewards back to the team um, in a way so that they felt like they could see immediately the impact of, of focusing on core. And so we engaged the team with things that, you know, we call low, low hanging fruit, things that we probably should have done in the past and said, you know, let's challenge them to find ways to save money and help them do it and then give them a reward for it. And so we established sort of this pattern very quickly early on in core where there were small wins, but we were able to establish them early on. And once we got rolling, we we realized, well, we could do something bigger and challenge the team to start coming up with bigger ways to save money or make money. And I don't know if, Chris, you want to talk about sort of the, the challenge that we put out to the team yeah. back in 2019. Yeah. So we were probably a quarter into kind of core and talking about it and giving everybody familiar with it. And so we just thought, well, why don't we create a competition? And so uh, I don't want to botch it totally, but I think we said everybody split up into teams of two. You have, I think, 30 or 60 days to come up with a plan for how we could save money, cost reduction, overhead management, or generate revenue. Uh, It could be anything. At the end, we would have like a shark tank thing where you could come present your idea. We would figure out who had uh, the best idea and award them with a prize. To me, it was incredible to see, one, everybody had awesome ideas, uh, things that some things we had thought about, some that we hadn't thought about at all because it's just not part of our daily world. And we ended up getting, you know, out of 10 teams, we had 10 great ideas. Obviously, somebody won, but at the end of the day, it was a huge success. The team enjoyed doing it. And it was another way to kind of in that early on stage kind of say like, okay, this is what core means. We should always have this mindset that it's like a competition that you're trying to win by coming up with these ideas. And what you really realize is Everybody in the company, doesn't matter who you are, has a different experience each day. They know what we're spending money on or can see things differently. And so even from like our seat as owners is like, we think we know how we're spending all our money. And you see something as small as like a telephone bill. And it's like, okay, well, that's what we've been paying for the last three years. Why wouldn't we just keep paying that? And literally the simple act of giving somebody the permission to like, well, why don't we just go do some research on it? and get a few other bids. I think we saved like 9,000 bucks a year, literally by somebody spending two hours on wanting to do that. So that was a fun way to kind of get it started. And like you said, and I'll pass it back to you, then we got on to kind of bigger things. Our company goals changed and, you know, two years into it, it's it's the core of the business. Yeah, and it has, it's, it's uh, progressed quite nicely for us. And I think the key is what Chris was just saying is, by, by starting that with a challenge and then getting people understand, uh, to understand how important it was and helping them identify how they really could impact the business, it sort of set their mindset down a path where they're always looking for those opportunities. So 
if you take any department in the company now, they're able to look at their portion of the business and ask themselves, do I need to spend this money? Is this adding value to the business? Is this a waste or is this a, is this a nice to have or a must have? That's sort of how we identify things now. And and that's at the personal level. So each person has to ask themselves that. And, and, and I say they have to. They do it now because it's built into the culture. And so as we got into that rhythm where people were doing it automatically, and this, w- this were, was when times were really good a year ago when the market was flying and everything was, was seemed very rosy, um, we were already starting to see tremendous cost savings across the company. Um, I think in... In the first six months, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars we saved, but if we look back, it was significant. We were yeah. able to save a significant amount of money. And so you fast forward as we go through those few months, we start to set our, our objectives and key results around those things. So uh, in our company, we set goals that way through objectives and key results. And now every part of the company is able to take that same mindset of core. We're able to identify the things that we can really push to get better at in terms of core ways to save money, ways to generate revenue and set these lofty goals for the next quarter or even the year to hit in order to keep driving our company forward. And and that has really propelled our company in a way that we probably couldn't env- have envisioned, say, two years ago. Yeah. We were really focused on revenue like most companies, like if we just make more, we'll be good. Right. We'll just keep making more money. Um, but sometimes that's not always the case. And then what happens is we and every company out there, you start to get creep, the rev, the uh, expense creep. And so the overhead creep, it just keeps coming because you're always trying to outpace with that revenue, even though you think you're watching the, the expense and you think you're controlling the overhead. Um, it's impossible to really control it the way you should as your revenue is growing because you you always think you're you're doing well until things change and your revenue slows down or th- the market changes or you hit a, a slow patch then it really highlights where you were still fluffing some of that expense right. or you were allowing some of that creep in. And um, so as we continue to set those goals, we realized that we just kept finding ways to save money or we kept finding ways to generate more revenue that otherwise we would not have really been focused on. Then when we hit a point coming into 2020 and we were redoing our budget, probably the biggest impact to be able to look at where we had ended 2019, even after doing core and looking at building this new budget for 2020 and recognizing that as we were building that budget, we were asking ourselves, do we need this in the budget? And realizing we had still left so much meat on the bone after core. And we were able to go in and scrape $275,000 out of our budget from 2019 to 2020 as we built the 2020 budget back in November of 2019. And, and then so you fast forward through COVID right through as this thing started and we go back and scrape through the budget again and you realize there was still fluff in there. And that's where it comes down to the real nice to have versus must have. And so that's the impact of building it in early, building the culture, building the knowledge of how the team can save the money. When you get into these times where things change, you're going to continue to find ways. And if it's already built in, it's not painful. They just look at it as the next challenge. We need to save more money. Great. Here's how we're going to do it. Yep. Right. And it does, it's not incumbent now on Chris and I to have to be the ones to figure out how to go save the money. The team, all of them know how to do it technically better than we do. Yep. And so we set goals constantly around that. And as things get better, those goals will start to shift more to revenue because we will have tightened up our business so much, which we have, we feel like we're, we have done now that now we can shift those goals to even more revenue generation. And 
And then on the revenue generation side, even when things are bad, what it challenges you to do is to find new ways to generate revenue. And we've been focused heavily on that. And you don't realize in your business, you get into these these, uh, sort of cycles of you think this is how our business works and you see how you make money and you see how you spend money and you don't get outside of that lane very often. But when you're forced to, and you have a plan in place that challenges you to focus on revenue generation, all of a sudden, these new ways to generate revenue with inside your own business are just sitting there. Yep. And so it's been a tremendous help for us, especially through as things change. But that's why we did it in the first place. We knew things are not going to be rosy or perfect forever. And the key is, is if you set a process or a plan up like core when things are good, it really pays off when things are not so good. Yep. And then when things come back, it pays off again, yep. even more so. And so um, it's it's those simple things up front. You got to establish it, get it going, build a rhythm around it and make it a part of the language. That that whole first part is, I think, the part that people probably will struggle with the most. Yeah. It really just puts, it's, it's another way of saying, putting everybody in the company in the owner's mindset. You know, one of our company goals when COVID hit, and you know, you talk to a lot of people that you're like, well, what, what's your business been doing the last 90 days? And I'm like, oh, it's been pretty slow and da-da-da. One of our company goals is lower our operating expenses at the operating company by 10% and the operating expenses at every property by 10%. So what? that's a big company goal. Everybody's going to map up to it and everybody's going to participate in trying to get to that 10%. Some people will find, are in positions to find bigger things, but the thing that we've learned the most is not that the big things are the most obvious, but they're more obvious. It's the it's the saving another 80 bucks a month on this subscription and 500 bucks a month because you had a user that you didn't need anymore. How many times have we found out before we, and I want to get into budgeting and reforecasting after this, but uh, you know, somebody's at a company and they get a, a subscription to some media, uh, the business journal, and uh, either they've, you know, moved to a different position in the company or maybe they're not there anymore and the next person fills their seat and they're just like, well, the subscription was here when I got here. So nobody told me not to relook at it. And you realize really quickly, nobody in the business even knows why we have it. Nobody even knows who got it. But that bill keeps getting and paid. It, and it keeps getting paid. And accounting doesn't know to flag it because it's been getting paid. It's like it's in nobody's court. Nobody's accountable for it. And now, you know, it's just those it's those tiny things. And uh, I think we had too many Slack users at one point, seven bucks a month. Too many emails. Too many email addresses, six bucks a month. And so those sound like little things, but that's where companies get really sharp when the tiny, when there's no what you call the creep really yeah. creeping in. It's made our last 90 days very busy. It's made a, for a lot of wins. Uh, the team's done an incredible job. And so um, rather than, you know, sulk during the 90 days, it's like, nope, let's just go get better. And this is one way of doing it. So how do you think about just how we reward the team, how we talk to the team about it, um, how they are constantly reminded of it? And, and you've done a lot of this. How have you built it into our culture from like, do people know they're going to have it at reviews or how are they going to be tested on it? Or Yeah. And it, it does start with the the way we set goals and and from the company level. So Chris and I, when, we, when we're looking at the, the company level OKRs or the objectives and key results, we always want to establish sort of how important it is to us 
that we continue to focus on core. And then we allow them to set their objectives and key results from the bottom up. So we allow them to identify how they're going to make that happen. So that that reward partially doesn't need us to give them anything because that reward is them identifying the thing, how they're going to help, yep. which means they be- not only believe in it, it was their idea. And so they're more bought into it than we are because it comes from them. Yep. And so just that alone, that that reward. So if, if I give someone a goal and they accomplish it, it's not that they're not going to feel good, but they're going to feel good different than if they set it and accomplished it for themselves because they believed in it. And so what that that's sort of a very important thing with how we set our goals is allow, allowing, the, allowing them to set them from the bottom up and, and us identifying to keep them on track with core allows them to get those wins so they can see their impact on the company from a cost reduction or revenue generation standpoint. And then we do review it often. And so we talk about it and then we talk about it in a way so that they understand how impactful it is on the company, how important it is that we do it. So when I'm talking to a team member about core, especially through a time like this, how critical it is that we save that money so that they understand the importance to, to everyone, not just them, but their team members. And then if they're setting the goal that's going to do that, then they feel like they're having a huge impact on everyone's life in this company. And, and that alone is a huge reward for yep. people. And so, of course, we can then take it to the next level, which we do when we are uh, looking at bonuses and when we're looking at promotions and when we're looking at, you know, even just giving people praise. It is often based on how well we do in that 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 role um, in the company in terms of core or that world. And so, you know, the, the money and, and the promotions, those are, those are always great things. And obviously we, just like anybody else, love to do those. But as if, as any company, there's only so much of that you can do because it's still a company that has to make money and yeah. has to do those things. So we, we're always going to do that, but we want to incentivize people uh, we want them to feel empowered and feel like they're having an impact on the company, which gives them the the fulfillment yep. that they need as a human. Um, so that that's a huge component of it. The cost reduction and revenue generation um, are probably the easiest two to understand mm-hmm. um, of the three. Overhead management has a little bit more nuance to it. You want to just talk about that? Sure. Yeah, the the cost reduction over and revenue is, is pretty self-explanatory. There's a lot of technique and and how you can think about them which we could get into, but the overhead management is something that a lot of times when even the team often gets sidetracked because they're not quite sure how they can impact that. And that one really is a little bit more, has to be more of a focus from the top through management and, and ownership. Because what you're really talking about there is, are you allocating resources properly? Are you delegating the right responsibilities to the right people? And, and are all the people in the company being utilized in the right way and are all their plates full? Because uh, what we've found, even in a small business, or maybe it's more so in a small business, that a lot of times the weight of, of responsibility gets really piled up on the people that, for lack of a better term, just they run faster, right? Yeah. So they take on more and they naturally gravitate towards just trying to take on as much responsibility as possible. And so more work just continues to flow to them. Um, because they want it. And over time, you realize that there's an imbalance and that there's people that maybe have some extra time on their hands or they have bandwidth. Meanwhile, there's other people that are becoming buried. And so we've tried to focus heavily on overhead management from the standpoint of allocating our resources properly, spreading out the workload properly, making sure that if someone is getting overworked, that we help them delegate 
properly away and we don't just let it pile up on them. Um, because when you do that, what you're, you're really spreading out the responsibility and uh, allowing the company to run more efficiently. When you let that work pile up on one person, what you're really doing is creating bottlenecks. Um, and then you're also, you know, you're paying other people that, that want to be busy. They're not asking to not be busy, but they might not be as busy. So you're not actually getting the value of the resource that you're hoping to get from, from having this other employee. And so we don't want anybody to feel like they don't have enough to do or their, maybe their work's not as important. So there's a lot of nuance behind overhead management, which it actually takes more thought than the other ones yeah. because it's not so obvious and it really is based on people. And so if you, if you have a company that is, has a lot of managers, that, that responsibility really has to be built into management because how they manage their team um, really does dictate, is the company getting the most out of its resources and is its overhead being allocated properly? The last part of that is when that uh, resources or that allocation of resources isn't being uh, spread out properly, what we have found, we have done in the past, which has been painful sometimes, is that we will allow certain parts of the company to become overworked or um, more work being flow or flowing to one aspect of the company. And then we think or we feel and even the feedback we get is that we need to hire more people. And a lot of times we have made uh, knee-jerk reactions to bringing on additional resources, thinking that we're helping solve a problem when really we just weren't allocating our resources properly to begin with. Yep. And so it goes back to creep. Then you're back into, you know, get more expense because along with overhead comes all the expense along with it. And so you end up hiring more people when you probably should have just looked at your organizational chart and realized that you, you, you're not allocating your resources properly. Right. And to that point, kind of on OKRs, just giving an example of how we like identify where there's an imbalance, how the team rallies around like objectives about just resetting processes. I mean, right. I think the one thing uh, we often forget is that every hour of somebody's time is valuable. I mean, I'll never forget Greg asking us, we were talking about the team meeting and we've talked about this, but then Greg brought it up. We just said something like, are you getting what you want out of the team meeting? And his answer was, well, we have 22 people and their average hourly, if you, you know, on a salary is X. So we spend about, you know, $2,000 on a team meeting. Are we getting $2,000 of value on a team meeting? And it just puts into perspective that every hour somebody's doing something, there's opportunity cost one way or the other. And so if, you know, again, somebody's on a, a, a light workload and they're not getting enough, then you're basically paying for free hours. And so maybe just a little bit more on how we think about and set goals around overhead management. Yeah, it's again, it's tricky because you have to identify it first. And so what we do is we really allocate um, or, or we set our objectives and key results based on what we identify as the most important things in the company. So if if we've identified that that there is an issue or that we've seen an opportunity in a department or an area of the company where our resources are not being allocated properly, we will identify that from the company level um, and set an objective or key result that's very high level about something that we can do to improve a certain part of the business. But then we really do same thing as, as the revenue and the cost reduction. We allow the people from that department to help us understand how we can reallocate those resources. So we challenge them to come up with a better plan to make sure that everybody's workload gets balanced or that 
that maybe we do need to hire somebody, right? Or maybe we need to bring someone else in from another de- uh, another team that that should be taking on a certain responsibility. Um, and that's all part of small small business because a lot of times it's like a all hands on deck situation. You know, we we run into those quite often. We've we've gotten away from those uh, quite a bit as we've grown, but they still happen. And so. It, we, we use that same tool of objectives and key results to let the team identify. And then, of course, from the owner and management, it's our job then to look at that and say, is this feasible? Is this really going to help us allocate these resources properly? Are we going to end up with a better result? Um, but we really want the buy-in from them. And so that's it, it goes back to sort of that same uh, philosophy. Yeah. And in small business, you know, a lot of times, again, if, if core isn't part of your ongoing discussion, a lot of things are the way they are because that's how they've always been, or especially a small business that's growing. Every couple people you bring on the team changes the dynamic. We often find it's easy in hindsight or when you finally bring the issue to the table, but just giving the team the ability to regularly talk about like, okay, what's the issue? Like, what's the issue? We can easily navigate it. And I would say we were past this, but early on, we would just realize like, we were doing things because that's how we did it when we were six people and we were still doing it when we were 20 and that was creating bottlenecks. And again, without it being kind of a fluid conversation, it's incumbent on the owners to like figure those things out when they're not in the day to day. Yeah, that's a key point. I mean, the more the more honest feedback you can get from the team from the bottom up, it, it, it makes making decisions way easier because you do get buy in one, but it helps you formulate a much better uh, idea or thought, even if you know, we are going to ultimately make the decision, which often we do, but yeah. it's, if you're, it's, it's a more informed decision is yeah. all it is. And it's, it's just amazing how many, you know, businesses that are, we're keeping small businesses as the topic. It's incumbent on the owners to manage costs. Like it's their ideas and trying to figure out where things are going on. And I think one of the things I realized in a lot of the feedback when they were asking how we would do core or how we thought about core was, not making the connection that the whole team can participate in it. It was more the question of like, how do we just become better owners and identify more ways? Right. Um, and my whole, the, again, the whole part of this is it's got to be a full buy-in from everybody or it doesn't work. Yeah. It's just part of the culture because if you try to manage it from the top and, and you're just coming up with the individual idea occasionally on how you're going to save money or make money um, or, or reallocate resources, that, that buy-in is never there. And so you never get the ongoing lasting effect of it. It comes in spurts, yep. right? And But oftentimes, oftentimes what happens is even those spurts only come when it's a desperation moment, right? It has to happen yep. because we have to solve this problem. And then it's then you're actually di- you know, distracting everyone because now you're having to get this thing done. But if it's just built in, we, if we do anything in core right now, it's expected. Yeah. Like if I think people would be shocked if we weren't doing something in core at this point. Right. And so I, I think there's just tremendous value in fill, having the whole company feel like that they are not only a part of uh, all these things in the company, they actually have the impact to do it. Right. And I think to kind of wrap up on core, and then I want to talk a little bit just about budgeting and forecasting. But sure. if you've been listening this far, core is not some like side thing in a business, it is business. So you generate revenue by hiring salespeople and building a nice product. And then you hire people to help build the company and you're managing their, you're managing your overhead. 
and you're constantly working on costs so that whatever you're selling, you're getting more for than what you're spending. And so core is just another way of saying like, it's just business, but it's bringing everybody into the business of business, um, not just the ownership. The thing that has been a kind of piggybacking off of core that has had the biggest impact as or a huge impact as well is setting budgets and then our reforecasting tool that we can now have like a rolling 12 months of how we're going to what the future looks like based on what we know. Sure. How important is the budget and paint a picture and we have 22 people. How many people in our company run their own budget now? Yeah. Well, obviously, I think most people that own or run a company or manage a company would would agree that budgets are super important. I think what happens in small business, though, is they they think of it uh, probably on a smaller scale than they could. Um, and they probably don't plan far enough out to really get a very good vision of what is where their business is going or how they're going to run it long term. And so we sort of brought in a larger company mentality more of a big corporate thought process of building an AOP or an annual operating plan, which is essentially a budget, but it's it's done annually. It's designed to look back at last year, find what didn't work, find what worked, find ways to save money, find ways to make money and plan for the entire next year at the end of each year. And it takes a lot of legwork because it does incorporate every aspect of the business down to how much are we going to spend on paper towels, right? Yeah. To, to every aspect. So every line item that you spent money on every office supply, every pen, all the way to people's salaries, to payroll benefits, to everything, right? You name it. If it's if it, if it spent money last year, we look at it. And going through that exercise every year, as opposed to just saying, we got to do better next year, allows you to really, really get a vision and see exactly if you're on track for where you think you're going the next year. But really, at the end of the day, you're just trying to improve, right? right. We're trying to improve. And so- it by bringing in a much bigger company mentality and doing that work, you just give yourself a huge advantage as a small business. And it's, it, it's actually not that hard. That's the biggest thing that I think people would have to get over is it's really simple to do. Um, but it does take bringing in all the different people that are responsible for spending that money. Right. So back to the number of people is every department in our company. Um, so we have six, essentially six areas of the company that someone is responsible for the money that gets spent or the money that's generated from that area. Um, examples are like marketing or property management or asset management or acquisitions, acquisitions accounting. or accounting, uh, technology, yeah. right? And so these departments all have somebody that's responsible for them. And so instead of me coming up with what I think we need to spend next year versus last year, we go back to core and I challenge them to find ways to operate their portion of the company better than they did last year. This year, they come up with their budget based on what they did last year and where we want to go this year. And then I help them, we help them refine that to a point where we know we're going to do better this year than we did last year. And it doesn't always mean you're going to spend less money because you might make a decision to spend more money, but you will know why yep. and you will know what the difference is. And you'll know if you're headed in the right direction. And so we we use that tool um, to basically start the year. And then we roll that right into what is called our reforecast tool, which is essentially an extension of that, where we basically plug in what happened versus what we said was going to happen. And we project out the rest of the year and we fine tune every month as we go. So we always know where we're headed, 
where we're not, where we need to adjust, where we can focus on core, where we need to dial in on core, whether it's cost reduction or revenue generation, we're either ahead or behind on one of those at all times or ahead on both. But we know exactly where we need to focus our attention. And then we use that to go set our objectives and key results. So that attention now is super focused on where it needs to be in the company to make sure that we do better than we thought we were going to do. And that's what we're always, I mean, any company, you're just trying to do better. And so um, by utilizing those two tools, but also getting the buy-in from all those people to, to, it's their budget. So now they're accountable to it. They feel confident in it. When they go set their objectives and key results on how they're going to improve if we're off track, it's them against them. So they're 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 just competing with themselves to make sure that they succeed, um, as opposed to them feeling like it's mine and they you know they're just doing their best and and I should have came up with a better budget. Yeah. Right. It's them. And that has core and building our AOP and our team leads having budgets has been. I mean, it's been the most critical thing that we've done in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and it has taken a couple of years. It it's has. not quick. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, if you, if you want to s- spend 30 seconds maybe giving like time so that people that maybe haven't done this that are going to do it, don't get mad at themselves if it's not done yeah. in a week. Yeah. Everything we're talking about is, uh, it, it all takes time. It all takes patience. Um, you'll There's incremental growth as you go, but it all, you just got to start, right? You have to start down that path and you have to stick with it. You can't give up and building budgets and creating AOPs. And the first year it's, it works and it, you you get a little bit out of it, but by the second year, it's amazing. Yeah. Right. So everything that we're talking about has been a progression of a year or two years and we're still getting better at it. So we're, we haven't perfected anything. No, we're, we're, we're just, we feel like we're at the scratching the surface, but we are 10 times better than we were two years ago. And we'll be 10 times better than that, hopefully two years from now. So it just takes time. Um, and the key is you got to stick with it. Yeah. And I'll end it. I think you made one comment when you were talking. If you're waiting to do all this, once the the mess is hit, it's too late. It's too late. I mean, you got to get through the mess. Then. You have to get through the mess. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Hopefully this conversation on core brings value to you and your business. It certainly has to us at Fort. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Hey, everyone. It's Chris here again. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, or write a quick review. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode. Chris Powers is the founder and CEO of Fort Capital LP. All opinions from Chris and guests of the Fort Podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Fort Capital LP. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for real estate or investment decisions. The Fort with Chris Powers is produced by Straight Up Podcasts.